Within the consciousness of each and every one of us resides the eternal and sacred soul. By awakening to our soul and striving to live in alignment with our soul's purpose, we can live extraordinary lives beyond conditioned limitations to pursue a life of healing, intentionality, and connection. Join us, your co-hosts, me, Katrina Slade, and Jennifer Helwing, as we explore and discuss this path of living in alignment with the sacred soul. In this podcast, we endeavor to inspire and empower you through individual and collective healing of the feminine. We are here to honor our oneness, celebrate authenticity, and deepen our connection to our beautiful planet Earth. This is the Sacred Soul Podcast. Welcome back to the Sacred Soul Podcast. Today, Jennifer and I are going to talk about heart-based decision-making and using our intuition when we're facing really major decisions in our life that could lead to major changes or transformations. Yeah, so this is something that I think Katrina and I both are really passionate about, which is using our intuition to navigate life. And that's really what we're talking about here today. Um, I really see this a lot. People ask me, especially when they first become, they start to become more spiritually aware. They start to become more intuitive with themselves. They start to really want to make those soul aligned decisions in their lives. And they start to really want to listen to their intuition and feel like they're making decisions that are in alignment for themselves. And then they start facing a lot of challenges when that happens, because of course there's fear. And of course, there's a lot of other things that come up. I think that when people start to live more intentionally or they start to live more in a spiritual path, that we actually start to feel called a lot more often to make these really big changes and radically transform our lives. And if you've listened to our past episodes, Katrina has shared stories about massive changes that she's made in her life. And I've shared about changes that I've made and callings that we've had that we've had to answer. And so that's kind of what we're talking about here today. So this episode is really for anybody who is starting to learn to use their intuition more and especially around making big changes in life. So when we talk about intuition, using our intuition for making decisions, we're also sort of in the same breath talking about using our heart, heart-based decisions rather than fear-based decisions. I think it's really helpful to just take a moment to discuss like what is intuition because some people might think of it as such a faraway thing or. Yeah, it's really funny because I think we talk about it a lot, but we haven't actually really defined it yet or really clarified it yet. So what do you feel like intuition is? Katrina, like, how do you define it for yourself? I feel like intuition is the inner knowing from your soul. Mm -hmm. Some people might say it's a connection to your highest self, which is, we could go into that for 20 minutes, but I won't. We can talk about highest self at another time. Mm -hmm. So you feel like it comes from like an inner wisdom or a connection within yourself to your highest self. Yes. And it's not really your human ego. It's your soul knowing. Mm -hmm. Do you have somewhere that you feel it in your body? Like, is there somewhere in your body where you feel your intuition? If I ask a question, like, is doing this blah, blah, blah for my highest good, my throat will constrict if it's a no, 
and it will expand if it's a yes. So a lot of people, I think we talked about this in a prior episode, but if you feel a constriction anywhere in your body, when you're asking a question, that generally is your body showing you it's a negative um, answer. And if you feel an expansion in your body somewhere, then that could be uh, an affirmative positive answer. Yeah, exactly. So it feels like an expansion. It feels like an alignment. It feels like it just feels right or it feels good somehow physically as well. Yeah. 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 How does it feel for you? Oh, for me, um, I feel it a little bit lower down. I, I feel it more like in my stomach and in my chest, but almost like the bottom of my heart or the bottom of my lungs. Like I feel it really deep inside in the middle of my chest. I like to feel it there because it helps me to um, separate from my brain because <laughs> it's like so far from my brain that I feel like I can really tune in and just let my mind go so that I can just feel. Yeah. What you said about um, it connecting to your highest self, like that's kind of how I understand intuition is we are, in a sense, we're connecting to our highest selves. Mm-hmm. And we do that through our bodies and through our intuition and through our connection. And not to make it too complicated, but our highest selves exist outside of this realm of time and space, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> even though it kind of feels like we're making a decision, and we are making a decision because we do have free will, but there is a realm outside of time where your higher self exists where that decision has already been made. It's like everything you're going to do has already been done outside of that realm of time. And so I think that there's a part of it where you're feeling that um, alignment with that because it's like it's already happened or it's like already the right thing. And so you can just kind of like tune into that and it just feels like it just feels right. It's like deja vu in reverse, (laughs) kind of. (laughs) Yeah. And I also was thinking as you were saying that, like you were saying it's deep inside your chest or your in your core, kind of like mm-hmm. core of your body almost. Um, it's almost like you have to block out all the other stimuli, like the external stimuli, and really yeah. feel inwards and not not with your mind thinking, what would my mom think if I did this? <laughs> or, like, mm-hmm. <laughs> or um what would what would happen if I did this like fear of judgment, whatever it is, um, you're really focusing inwards and yeah. listening to the soul or the highest self inner wisdom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When we're making a decision in our lives, a really important decision, and we already have that intention to make that heart-based decision or to make that decision from a place of intuition or a place of clarity. I think that even just having that intention alone is already going to shift things really positively for you because you're already showing up to that decision with the intention of, I don't want to make this decision with my ego. I want to make this decision for my highest and greatest good. And so already just the way that you're showing up like that, you're already kind of doing that in a small way. It's like you're showing up with that intention. If your intention is pure, it's almost like, any decision that you make from that place is going to be the right decision. That is so true. Yeah. It's all about intention and being conscious and not making decisions sort of unconsciously through like your first reaction, which is like 
oftentimes our reactions, you know, they're from our nervous system and it's like a fight or flight reaction, a response or a other type of response to something that's not really, it's just an instinct to protect ourselves. But oftentimes that is based in fear and we already know that that's not for our highest good. Yeah, exactly. Um, and another concept that comes to mind when we're talking about this is people talking about like being on path or off path. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, I don't want to like take up too much time, but I have a story about that actually. Okay. That might help people. Um, so I've talked about how I used to live in different countries um, and I used to live in Asia. I lived in Asia for like five years and I really, really wanted to live in Europe. So I was at a hiring fair. It's like where international teachers go to get hired to like meet the employers and talk about them, about stuff. And I was so obsessed with, I have to live in Europe. That's my life goal. It's the best thing that could ever happen to me. And I basically like manifested a job in Germany because they didn't have an opening at the school, but then at the very last second they did and I got hired. I went to Germany thinking it was the best thing ever and it wasn't. It was the worst experience of my life. Mm -hmm. Well, I wouldn't say it was the worst. It was maybe the second worst experience of my life. Living there, um, I was at my worst. It, it, it's what like brought me to my knees and made me have this awareness that I needed to change everything about my life. I love that you say that because it really highlights the idea that nothing is really good or bad, right? Because yeah. even the stuff that seems bad or it seems like it's, we seem like we're off path or something. Those moments can be the moments where we are actually the most on path and the most in alignment with our growth. Exactly. I have perspective and I can see I was meant to go through that experience. So I wouldn't have all the longing of like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do this. I did it. And it was probably the thing that put me on path. It brought me to where I am now. And I don't know where I would be if I hadn't like experienced that, like awful, those awful couple of years. Um, so on path, off path, I feel like it's a matter of perspective. Um, with your ego mind, you could say, oh, I'm on path because I met my goal of living in Europe. That's my life goal. It's my biggest dream. But at the same time, while I'm experiencing horrible anxiety and insomnia and illness from stress, I could say this is, means I'm off path because these are all like awful feelings that I don't want to experience. But then again, with this perspective, I can see it was it was on path. So yeah. it, it just depends on where you're able to, how you're able to sort of see the situation. Exactly. It's all about perspective. It's all about perspective. So even though that decision was, it felt like you were following your heart and following this feeling inside that you, that you needed to do this. In a sense, it was an aligned decision because it was part of your path and it was part of your journey and it did get you to where you needed to go. So I know that it can sound like, well, how can it be an intuitive decision if it leads you to something, you know, bad or like something that causes suffering? But I think that if you can see things from that higher perspective, then everything really is for your greatest good. What you're saying reminds me of like parenting a child, right? 
like you don't want to helicopter parent your child to the point where they never make mistakes. They never learn from lessons. Mm -hmm. They have to learn. Mm -hmm. Um, You love your child. You love them and you want them to be happy and successful. And in order to be that way, they need to learn lessons about life. And, you know, sometimes lessons are hard. Oftentimes they are. I don't think you can learn a lesson through only positive experiences, but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm being a little short-sighted by saying that. What do you think? Yeah. I think that we all do have to go through that. It's like, we do have that spiritual adolescence or that spiritual youth, right? Where I think we do have to go through those things. I think that that is part of the process, but I think that there can also come a time in our life where we're kind of ready to start learning lessons with more intentionality. So when we start showing up in our life and we're saying, I'm showing up in my life. It's not about just getting instant satisfaction. It's not about just getting all these things that I want, but I'm actually here to learn and I'm here to grow. That's when we can start, I think, making those intuitive decisions, making those heart-based decisions. And we can, in a sense, still be on that path of growth and that path of soul growth without necessarily having to go through as much of that darkness all of the time because we're showing up with that we're showing up already with that growth mindset. Yeah. And then you can learn lessons through maybe like positive reinforcement. That is true. Like sometimes I've learned lessons from like synchronicities happen and I'm like, oh, like, oh, and now I can see that this was, you know, this is the lesson I was meant to learn or whatever. So you're, you're right. You're right. And there's no, like, there are no right or wrong decisions <laughs> because outside of the realm of time, the only decision there is, is the decision you make, which you've already made, which is the only way that things are going to go, right? So there really is no wrong decision. It's just the way that it is, is the way that it is. The way that it goes is the way that it goes. And so we have kind of a, a pathway or like a journey through life. And in a sense, that, that map, that pathway that we're taking. And I think that there are certain times in our life where we're kind of more like wandering through the woods, lost, not really understanding what's happening. And then like the time when you were talking about where you feel like everything was really awful and horrible. It's like you're wandering through the woods in the darkness during those times. But I think there are those other times when we're able to connect to our intuition and showing up from that place of intentionality, showing up from that place of ready to learn growth mindset, where we can kind of access these like spiritual highways. where we're sort of, we're going very quickly towards growth. So it's, those are the moments where we really feel like we're more on path, I guess you could say, because we feel very quick happening of soul growth. It's like a soul growth spurt. (laughs) I love that. Soul growth. Yeah. Those are like the little moments where we're, where we feel like we're really in alignment. Yes. You feel like you're in the flow. Exactly. Yeah. It's like you're in a river. And you can just like surrender to the flow and let it take you where it needs to take you, or you can try and fight against it. Exactly. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about that today because I think that it's, if you're already listening to this podcast, you're probably already at a place where you're ready to let go of fear. You're ready to surrender. You're ready to have that growth mindset and live in that intentional way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we'll start by talking about just some motivation behind making decisions. So remembering that the context of everything we're talking about today is about using the intuition to make decisions. 
right? So if we're going to do that, we first have to understand what goes into making a decision, what motivates us to make decisions in our lives. We can understand it as human behavior, human motivation is going to be motivated by either one of two things. We're either going towards something that we think is going to give us pleasure or we think is going to give us happiness, or we're moving away from or avoiding something that we think is going to give us discomfort or we think is going to be suffering. Those are the two motivations that are behind every single decision that we make in life. That's so simple when you say it like that. It's so simplified and it makes so much sense. Yeah. 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 So if, you, if you're listening, you can think for a moment, what are some of the decisions that I've made this week? <laughs> what, you know, what was my motivation? Why was I making those decisions? Right. There's this concept of having an authentic motivation. So having an authentic motivation is like, we can see the concept of I'm motivated by going towards something good or moving away from something bad as like a coin. So there's two sides to that coin. And so in a sense, every time you are going towards something that you want, you are also at the same time moving away from something that you don't want. Right. They're kind of connected. They're not mutually exclusive. Exactly. When we're doing that, when we're acting like that throughout life, we're kind of acting from, you could say, the ego mind. We're acting because we're acting unconsciously. We're just acting from this place of like, I want this and I don't want that. I want this and I don't want that. And it's very like animalistic or it's very primal. It's just we're humans. We want to enjoy things and we want to avoid discomfort. That's our autopilot. That's how we function on a day-to-day life. Mm -hmm. What I like to find is kind of a space in between or a space outside of that where if you can start to identify those moments when you feel like it's neither of those things. Yes. Then that's where the intuition lives, right? It lives in that space in between. It's like, I'm not really attached to wanting something and I'm not really afraid of something either. I feel this peace or this calling in my heart that I'm just naturally motivated. I'm naturally guided and pulled Mm -hmm. towards this thing. And I think that's how you can see where we have like an intuitive-based decision or like a heart-based decision. It's that space in between that automatic um, thinking of what can I get and what can I avoid. It's like you step out of your ego and step Mm -hmm. aside and it's like, okay, I can see your purpose. I can see why it's important to have an ego, but right now I'm going to make a decision with my highest self or with my heart or with my soul, right? Like you're not... You're not in the ego when you're making a decision like that or when you're feeling a calling or a pull to to do something. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So what I like to do with what I like to do with my clients is I'll give them they'll tell me something that they want or they'll tell me something a decision that they want to make or something that they want to go towards. And I'll say, "Okay, so first of all, tell me what you want. Tell me what you think you're going to gain by doing this or what you think you're going to get by doing this." And so we'll explore that for a minute. And then I'll say, okay, and what if you couldn't have that? What if, in fact, you knew that you had to live your entire life without ever having that? What fear would you have to face? Mm-hmm. And then we'll explore the fear that they would have to face if they could never have that in their whole life. So this will often highlight a shadow side of themselves, a shadow part. 
where there's a deeply rooted fear. And we see this a lot with like anybody who has not done a lot of shadow work um, can be very detached from those fears, but we all have them. We all have these really, really deep fears and they often come from things that we didn't have in childhood that we needed, that we didn't have. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of that deeply rooted fears are so unconscious and they're driving so much of our behavior and we're not even aware of it. But when we can start to explore uh, through a questioning process like that, we can start to explore what are some of my deepest fears? What are some of the things that I'm most afraid of not having? And so when we can start to explore those things, we can make peace with them. We can make peace with those fears. And then as we can make peace with those fears, something interesting starts to happen. We start to also make peace with those desires. They don't feel so desperate anymore because we've made, we've made peace with the fear that was actually behind it or the fear that was actually driving that motivation. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. When you were talking, um, it made me think of you know, my time as a teacher and how I was teaching middle school, which is a very tough age group. Yeah, I bet. And I noticed a lot of the kids who were the behavior problems, who had behavior problems, um, a lot of times they were, they felt like they didn't want to follow instructions or they didn't want to listen or they were really attention seeking. I had the awareness that, that, you know, it's a very tender age and it's like they're compensating for something that they don't have like a need that they don't have. So let's say there's a child Mm -hmm. who is very attention seeking and demands all the attention from everybody. It's because at least this is how I saw it, that it's because at home, he doesn't feel like he has enough attention from his parents or his family. So he's, he's reacting inappropriately um, because of a need that's not being met. So I can see that um, like our inner children our inner child Mm -hmm. is reacting in that way in whatever way it is for us because we didn't have our needs met when we were children. And, you know, parents, oftentimes parents do the best they can, but they have their own wounding and they have their own conditioning. And so we've all like, we're all human. We all have wounding from childhood or needs that have not been met from childhood. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. That's such a great way of explaining it. And you're so right. It's it's the inner children just like that, that are unconsciously driving a lot of our behavior. So let's look at it in an example. So let's say somebody wants to move to a different country. They have two choices. They're going to stay where they are. Or they're going to move to a different country. We can explore with that person. Why do you want to move to this other country? Right. And so there's probably going to be a lot of things like because I can have freedom, I can have a better lifestyle, maybe there's more sunshine, I can feel more like myself. I'm really craving freedom. I'm really craving this life of freedom, this life of adventure. I want to feel fulfilled. I want to feel like I can be myself and be free. Okay, so we can start to face, what if you could never have that? What if you could never feel free? Well, then I'd be afraid of being trapped. I'd be afraid of being kept small. I'd be afraid of never having freedom, never having adventure, never growing, never becoming this person that I feel really excited to become Yeah. because I feel like I'm, I'm trapped in this small life or the small place where I can't really come out of my shell and I can't really become who I really want to be. Yes. 
So what I would say to that person is find ways in your life today to start addressing that now, to start inviting yourself to be bigger now, to take up more space now, to find more freedom now in your life. And you can start exploring what that would look like already, you know, in the place that you are, in the place where you feel like you're small. Because guess what? If you can learn how to be big and be free and be yourself in a place where you feel small, then you can do it anywhere. And so if you can address that first, now maybe that person still feels like they want to move to this other country. But if they've done that work first before they move, can you see how much more powerful that is now? That now they can move to that place and it's like, it's more exponential, the possibilities for themselves, because they've already done the work. They're no longer afraid. They no longer have that fear holding them back. And so now they can move to this new place with a very, what I would call authentic motivation. It's a motivation that is void of fear, a motivation that is void of attachment. And it's simply just an expression of joy, an expression of joy to live their life in that way. Yeah. And if they don't, I mean, I've experienced this. I mean, I've already told lots of my stories, but if, if you're moving from thing to thing without doing the healing or like the addressing the shadow or like stepping into your power or or anything like that, you're just going to keep perpetuating the same types of outcomes, right? Like think about, think about a person who maybe has a mother wound or a father wound. Um, And let's say, you know, this is very common. Let's say there's a woman who is heterosexual. She has a father wound because her father wasn't around. She may express that unconsciously by jumping from boyfriend to boyfriend or partner to partner, who is kind of a, a person who is expressing similar traits as the father, because she's seeking, she's seeking love and attention from a man like that. So that's a very, um, that's an, that's an example (laughs) that I'm seeing as applying to what you were just saying, Jen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when we can work through the fear first, when we can address the part of ourself that is motivated by fear and we can make peace with that fear first, then we can take those actions from a more peaceful place. So if you listen to our episode about the upper chakras, we talk a lot about the heart and the heart energy. And so that's a really good one to listen to because we talk about embodying the highest self. And a lot of that stuff can play in and connect really nicely with the stuff that we're talking about today. So when we are making that decision from an authentic motivation, we're no longer driven by fear or attachment, then we're at peace with ourselves and we're at peace with the decision. And I think sometimes people might find that they don't really want that thing that they thought they wanted anymore because they realize they can have that now. They're like, oh, I don't need to move to that country anymore because I actually just feel so happy and so free in my life now that I don't really need it anymore. And so that can happen sometimes. Or like I said, we can still make that decision and still do the exact same thing, but this time we're motivated from a place of joy, a place of non-attachment, a place of happiness already. We're already fulfilled. We're already filled up inside. And it just makes it that much sweeter and that much more beautiful. Yeah. While you were speaking, I was thinking just like doing some of that healing or like addressing those wounds, that's going to help your vibration. Like we talk about the chakras and, you know, energy, and that's going to help your vibration. So you might be 
if you can sort of raise your vibration in that area a little bit, you might be attracting more things or experiences or situations or outcomes that are more in alignment with the healed side rather than the yes, shadow side. Exactly. So it's it's really, you know, it's a good thing to do, but it is it he, going through healing is can be very challenging. So it does take courage and it does take heart and trust yeah. to go through the healing. I'm glad you brought that up because you're right. Sometimes it's option C. Like sometimes it's not A or B, but when you do that healing and you do that work, so suddenly a new option appears yeah. that you never even thought of that actually ends up being even more aligned for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You have to be open to, like we were saying, like your inner, your inner wisdom will show you at the right time and in the right way when you're ready. It will show you the path, like the right path for you. And sometimes it's something you're ego-minded and ex- expect. Yeah. Okay. So let's, okay. So now that we've talked about motivation when making decisions, let's move on to that point where you actually have to make the decision, the point where you actually have to go and make that decision. And so let's talk about fear versus intuition for a little bit, because I think we need to address that. It's something that I get asked about a lot and I'm sure you do too, Katrina. What are your thoughts initially on that question or that concept? I think if if you want to be making a decision from your heart and from your intuition versus fear, you have to spend some time getting to know your inner wisdom, getting to know your inner, your heart. And like I said, like I already have developed my intuition enough where I can feel in my throat the yes or the no answer. Or I can mm-hmm. go into meditation and sort of connect inwards. Like last night, last night I did a meditation in the bath where I was connecting to my womb because I'm doing lots of womb healing as, as listeners might know. And my womb, um, the inner wisdom of the womb was telling me what I needed to know at that time. So it's not even necessarily a decision. It's just like, what do I need mm-hmm. to know? right now Mm -hmm. and it told me some things I needed to be aware of that I could address in healing in my healing journey so that is I guess an example of using your intuition but using fear I feel like I I shouldn't say using fear fear is an automatic response because we're human and that's how we've evolved so you have to become aware of your automatic response and sort of pause and take a step back Mm -hmm. Um, like you have to become familiar with both you have to become familiar with what is my automatic programming what is my automatic response or how does my nervous system respond usually right and then also you have to become aware and become familiar with my intuition what does it feel like what is my intuition because it's a relationship right that you have to develop I always kind of laugh when people ask me about (laughs) intuition versus fear, because I think that, I think that intuition and fear, they're not opposites. Like they're, they're not things that are, that are happening in reverse. They're often things that are happening at the same time. Yes. And it's like, how can I explain this? So we have to understand that there's no good and bad. There's no good and bad. That's all perspective. That's all our projection onto reality. Okay. It's easier to understand it in the concept of dark and light, darkness and light, because darkness is not a separate force. Darkness is an absence of light. 
-hmm. right? It's not like when you turn the light switch on, the darkness is fighting back. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. Uh, Wherever there's light, now the darkness has become light. And so in that way, fear is not a separate force, but it's an absence of clear seeing. It's an absence of understanding. That's such a good point. It's an absence of clear seeing, an absence of clear understanding, which we cannot access in perfect clarity in the dimension that we're in, unfortunately. We don't have that ability to have that perfect seeing, that all-seeing clarity. Um, But we can get closer to it by seeing things more clearly through our intuition. Mm -hmm. So really, we can say that fear is an absence of intuition, if that makes sense. That's really interesting. I I think that's a really great way of explaining it. I never thought of it that way, but it's really true. Darkness is the absence of light. Fear is the absence of intuition. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because fear comes from uncertainty. Mm -hmm. And when we feel uncertain, we're feeling fear and we can't see clearly. So we can't make an intuitive decision. So if somebody says, oh, I can't tell if something is fear or intuition, well, it's fear because if it was intuition, you wouldn't, you wouldn't have all that uncertainty, (laughs) You would just know. Exactly. So that's why it makes me laugh a little bit. But so anyway, there's always going to be fear as long as you have an ego. (laughs) So if you have an ego, there's always going to be some fear somewhere. Um, But what we can do, like what I talked about earlier is we can bring that fear into the light. So bring that fear into our awareness sit with it, analyze it, get curious about it, and make peace with it eventually. And then while we do that, we are allowing more space, more spaciousness for intuition to come through, Mm -hmm. like clouds parting and allowing that sun to come through, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that especially when we're making big decisions about life, we're making huge decisions that are potentially life-changing, I think that sometimes a lot of fear will come up in particular when we also have a lot of intuition coming up. Because if we are feeling intuitively called to do something, like I feel intuitively like I'm being called to do this, I feel like I really need to make this big change in my life, I feel like I'm really being called or pulled towards this thing. And that feels so clear and so strong and so certain. Now there's fear that will come up as well mm-hmm. because that's kind of scary, yeah. isn't it? To feel so strongly called and to know something with so much clarity and so much certainty, that can actually be scary. And that can bring up fear as well. It's so funny because just yesterday, I mean, by the time this podcast episode is published, it won't have been yesterday, but at the time of recording, Just yesterday, I published a video about the energy forecast for March that I I was sending into in my meditation. And the messages that came through were, March is going to be a time of expansion, but they were, the guides were showing me, or I was actually tapping into the Akashic records for March. And it was showing me that um, it's like out of your comfort zone is uncomfortable, like clearly because mm-hmm. <laughs> out of your comfort mm-hmm. zone. So it's uncomfortable because there's unknown and it's something you've never done before. Um, it's unknown territory, but you have to have courage to step into what you're being called to step into. Right. 
And so that's just what I was receiving just the other day. And you're talking about it now. So it's perfectly aligned, right? Like you're going to feel fear if you're out of your comfort zone, but if you're always in your comfort zone, you're never really growing (laughs) or evolving. So you have to just be brave. Yeah. It's, it takes courage. It takes heart and trust, trust that what you're being called to do or that the intuition that you're feeling is guiding you in the right in the right way and if you're not trusting it will lead to in my experience personally it will lead to more suffering because you're you're just not in the flow you're just kind of fighting against the intuition that's coming through yeah exactly thank you for sharing it that way and explaining it that way you're right that it, it does take a lot of courage to step forward and follow that calling in your heart and follow that intuition when there is so much fear as well that comes up around that. And I think that that fear can come up for lots of different reasons. One of them, like you said, is because it's outside of our comfort zone. And sometimes it can also be fear of intuition itself. And so what I mean by that is like, if you know something with so much certainty and so much clarity, it can almost feel like you don't have a choice. It can almost feel like I have to do this. Yeah. Right. And so it's almost like sometimes it's that, that, um, that loss of uncertainty, that loss of choice that can be really scary for people. And I know I've gone through that. I've definitely had those moments where I've had to make these really hard life-changing decisions. And I knew that that was the only way. I knew that that was Mm -hmm. the path that I had to take. And it is scary. It is scary when you feel like there's no other way. This is the only way, especially if following that path means giving up something that you love. If it means, you know, leaving something behind that you love, like a person or a job or a country, right? Yeah. And this also reminds me of the hero's journey. I've mentioned that a few times in in various places, but it's because I've I've sort of did a deep dive into the hero's journey, which if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's like an archetypical story structure that Joseph Campbell identified and coined the term. But um, I've been focusing on that as I write my book, because my, my character is going through the hero's journey and the character is based on me. So I have, through that process, I've been able to see myself as the hero of my story and going through the journey. And as I was going through the writing process and writing the scenes of like each of the hero's journey, like points along that path, based on my own life, I was like, wow, I've really gone through this. And if you see yourself as the hero um, of your, of your journey, I think it's empowering like you can also yeah. trust that like yeah. you're, you're going down into the, the darkness or the, the more challenging aspects of your path, but then you're, it's not going to be that way forever. It's leading you to, it's leading you to something better than what you could have known before. So. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's a really great way of understanding it for sure. I love that you said when we can see ourselves as the heroes of our own life, that that's really empowering. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's now talk about how 
some practical ways how we can actually do this and how we can actually apply these things that we've been talking about. So the first thing I'm going to suggest is doing some parts work with your fear. And so this is a really, really nice way if fear is coming in and fear is a big part of your life, if you're listening and you're going through something right now and fear is a big part of your reality, then it can be really helpful to create some separation from that fear, create some space between you and that fear. And a really lovely way to do this is through parts work. And so what we can start by doing is just starting to almost like characterize that fear. So we can start by asking, where do I feel this fear in my body? Uh, Sometimes people like to give it a color. What color is it? What color does it feel like? We can even ask things like, how old is it? How old are you? And that can relate to how old maybe that part of you is, that inner child part where that fear comes from or where that fear originates from. And then we can talk to it. We can speak to it. We can ask it what it's afraid of. We can ask it how it feels. And I really encourage to practice self-compassion in this space and actually just listen and actually let yourself feel and hold space for that fear, hold space for those feelings. Because when we can approach that fear with love and that fear can be held in our bodies and held in ourselves, then it will not cause us so much suffering. It will not cause us so much pain. So by having that self-compassionate approach, that's already going to make a really big difference. Mm -hmm. Once you've done that, once you've kind of processed it and, and reflected on it without trying to change it, then you can invite it to step aside. You can invite it to step aside. And so maybe it's in your body somewhere. You can envision it moving outside of your body, maybe just like over to your left or over to your right, or even just like behind you, something like that. And then feel a new part, a new part coming into the the center stage of your mind, the center stage of your body. So now in the absence of that fear, what other part of myself can I tap into? Is it my inner hero? Mm -hmm. Is it my highest self? Is it my inner badass boss babe? Like whatever that energy is that comes forward in the absence of fear, sit with that now and start to feel into what that energy has to say about the decision, what that energy has to say about things. And so you can start to play with that and feel into that. So that's a really nice way to explore these different parts of you because often when we're conflicted, it's going to be because we have conflicting parts of ourselves. Mm -hmm. So when we can, yeah, when we can explore those different parts, um, we have more clear seeing and more clear understanding because the ability to see things from lots of different parts or lots of different perspectives is what we were talking about, where we're talking about clear seeing, clear understanding, that higher vision, that higher ability to see lots of different things. And so that's really an intuitive practice, really, for having more wisdom Mm -hmm. around decision-making in your life. That's beautiful. Yeah. It reminds me of just like, it's not the same, of course, but it reminds me of just like clearing away the energies that no longer serve you. So there's lots of different practices Mm -hmm. you can do for that. One of the things I've been, um, I have done in my healing journey is I was working with a, an emotion code practitioner and she taught me to, um, when I see something 
within myself, when I recognize something within myself that's like that fear or that something that's blocking me or that no longer serves my highest good, I can I can say, I see you, I thank you, and I release you with love. So you're like acknowledging it, you're thanking it for like playing the role it was meant to play in your life, and then you can release it. And there's more to it than that, but um, I just saw you, as you were saying, you step outside, that that part steps outside mm-hmm. of you. It's like, yeah, you, you're not rejecting it, you're not saying you're bad, you're not like guilting yourself. Why do I feel this way? You're just saying like, so, sort of along those lines, like, I see you, I thank you, and I release you with love. And then you're inviting in the empowered part of you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's a really great technique. Yeah. yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah. So along those lines, Jen, I feel like in order to get to that place where you're capable of doing that type of practice, that type of exercise, you really need to give yourself time and space and not be constantly bombarded with external stimulation. So like, like take, take some time away from the family or, you know, take some time in nature or in the, in the bath or whatever it is for you, just making sure you have that time and space. So you're not going to be, um, bombarded with, stimulation don't watch tv all night long you know spend time inwards spend time in the bedroom laying in bed journaling or wherever that feels good for you and connecting with your body is really helpful because it gets you out of your mind right so practices that connect you with your body are going to be very supportive for this type of work so for me recently i i just tried out for because i felt called to (laughs) I tried out breath work and I'm not an expert in it, but I can see after just a few sessions, how, how much that connects you with your body, how much that it helps your awareness kind of just like totally block out everything else. And it helps you really connect, connect inward. Yeah. So, you know, some people find that with yoga, like Jen, I know you, you have a very um, regular yoga practice some people do that through other types of body work or whatever that is for you. But if you can mm-hmm. sort of allow yourself time and space and allow yourself that practice, whatever practice feels good for you to connect in with your body instead of your mind, that's going to be really supportive for this type of, of work. Yes, exactly. Yes. Thank you so much for putting that into such beautiful words. It really is step one of this whole process, right, is connecting with yourself, shutting out the external, being introspective, connecting with your body, connecting with your feelings. Because how are you going to even do the parts work exercise that I explained if you don't even know how you feel? So there does have to be, especially for people that are in their head a lot, there does have to be that process of connecting with your feelings first. Um, because especially if you feel disconnected from your body, you're also going to be disconnected from your intuition. Yes. So we do kind of need to be connected to our bodies and to ourselves in order to be connected to our intuition. Yes. So the, the next stage that I would say that comes after that process of reflection, of feeling, of going in and working with the parts and, and really giving space to all that is 
now we have to kind of work with the mind, right? Because we've, we've set the mind aside for a little while here while we've done all this other stuff. But then what happens when we, the mind comes back in and now the mind is resisting or the mind is like doing its thing again, right? I think that the next step we have to do is to give ourselves permission to change, give ourselves permission to change. And I think that whenever we do make a big decision in our lives, we are going to change we are going to change as a person. And so I think that sometimes a lot of the time our minds can really resist that. We can really resist changing because we like to hold on to things. We like to hold on to our identities. We like to hold on sometimes even to the fear and to these wounded parts of ourselves because sometimes even these wounded parts have helped us in the past. And so we can really sometimes be holding on to those things. And sometimes we have to actually give ourselves permission to change, give ourselves permission to be free of that fear, give ourselves permission to be free of those wounds. Sometimes it can be just sitting with yourself, putting your hand in your heart and saying, I give you permission to change. I give you permission to let go. And so sometimes that permission can come from that wounded part or it can come from our highest self. We can explore what is holding on, what is not giving me permission and see if you can get some permission from that place, from that part or that space. The third step I would say after that is giving yourself safety around the change. So this is the third and final step. Um, Change in itself is a divine feminine process. Change is a feminine energy. We talked about this in our previous episodes where change itself is the feminine energy. And so when we try to approach change, in a way that is forceful or in a way that is intense or extreme or sudden, then we're not in alignment with the energy of change itself, right? If you see in nature, we don't switch from spring to summer in one day. It's a process. In fact, there's often a lot of setbacks because oftentimes we'll have like a snowfall in the spring or some things that we'll feel like we're setting ourselves back from that. But that's the natural process. That's the energy of change. It's this sometimes there's a looping backwards and it can be a slow process. What we need to do for ourselves is in order to align with that and align with that energy of surrender and going with the flow is we have to give ourselves more safety around the change. Because ultimately, if we don't feel safe, we're going to keep resisting it. So you can ask yourself, you can ask yourself, and especially asking the scared parts, how can I make this easier on you? How can I make this easier? Because not everything in life has to be so hard and has to be so forced and has to be so intense. Sometimes it's having the self-compassion to be able to ask How can I make this easier on you? What can I do to create more safety? Little things sometimes even. And then when we do that, we're coming at it from such a compassionate place, such a place of self-compassion, self-love. And then in that space, in that space where we have now, we have self-awareness. We've had time to reflect. We're connected with our bodies. We're connected with our wounded parts. We can give ourselves permission to change, permission to let go. And then we can give ourselves safety and we can make that change as safe as possible. I mean, at this point, the change is going to happen very naturally (laughs) without any force at all. And that's where we want to be, right? We want to be in that place where 
change is as natural as a changing seasons, not something that we're forcing, yeah, but something that is just following the river. Like you said, Katrina, just following that river, following that flow as graceful as possible. Could you give us an example? I think it'd be helpful if we had an example of creating safety around that. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So let's go back to the example that I used with the person who wanted to move to a different country, move to a different country. So, okay. (laughs) A very unsafe way to approach that change would be for that person to just say, if I don't do it today, I'm never going to do it. And so they just, you know, they might be like upset and it might be like scary for them, but they just say, nope, I'm just going. And they're just going to abandon everything, abandon their friendships, abandon their relationships, sell everything they own and just force themselves to go. And so they just jump on a plane the next day and they just go. Like being impulsive. Yes. That might work, I guess, but the change is now happening externally first instead of internally first. Oh yeah. And so this is, it's like you're harming yourself. It's like you are, um, it's like you're you're doing an act of violence against yourself essentially when you're acting yeah. that way. It is. Yeah, you're you're traumatizing yourself yeah. and you're betraying yourself. Mm-hmm. And this whole process that we're talking about, this whole process of connecting with your intuition and being in alignment, a huge part of that is trusting yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you are if you are taking impulsive and kind of mean actions towards yourself, you're really violating that self-trust. You're violating mm-hmm. that trusting relationship that you have with yourself. You're setting yourself up for this to be way more difficult in the future. Mm-hmm. You're setting yourself up for this belief now that change isn't safe, really, mm. right? Yeah. So giving yourself safety around change. In the situation, it would be more helpful and more beneficial for that person to ask themselves, what am I afraid of with this change. So maybe that person says, well, I'm afraid of leaving my family behind and I'm afraid of my financial situation. And I'm afraid of, you know, the uncertainty about where I'm going to live. Okay. That's great. Those are real fears. (laughs) Fear isn't always bad. Mm -hmm. So what we can do then is we could make some time for that person to address each of these fears. So maybe that means planning a holiday with their family before they go to really connect and really have some beautiful conversations about life with their family members. Maybe it looks like staying a little bit longer and working a little harder so they can create a savings account for themselves that is a cushion Mm -hmm. that they can fall back on. Maybe it means taking some extra time to find a place to rent or find a place to live that they actually enjoy and they actually feel excited and safe to go towards. So it's sometimes it's very little things like that, but when we can have the self-compassion to see our fears as valid mm-hmm. and give them attention, we're not obsessing over them, but we're giving them some attention at least, we're addressing them at least a little bit, then you can see how that person now is much more set up for success and much more set up for a healthier relationship with themselves when they would go and make that change. Thank you for sharing that. That's very helpful to have some examples like that. Yeah. 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 So when we're talking, you know, we're talking about change in this episode and all these things, it relates to other things too. It can relate to overcoming an addiction. Mm. It can relate to changing our habits. Yeah. Changing our lifestyle, changing our attachment patterns. So it can relate to breaking cycles, breaking unhealthy cycles in our lives. And it can even relate to who we are like our identities, 
and who we really want to be in this lifetime. So with that in mind, you can think back on all the things we've said and think of if something is coming up for you in one of those areas or one of those categories and see how you can revisit and re-explore in your mind some of the things that we've said in relation to things that are like decisions, but are more like internal decisions, right? About breaking cycles, overcoming habits, um, overcoming addictions, like our attachment patterns, like these are very internal decisions and internal changes. So it can apply to that as well. So it's important to keep that in mind too um, when you're reflecting on this episode and how it relates to you. Yeah. So I just want to thank Jen for a moment because you are sort of an expert in the psychological aspects of this and you have a lot of knowledge about practices that can help support people. So I know you help your clients in these situations often. And I just wanted to say thank you for sharing um, all of your wisdom with us today. Thank you, Katrina. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. And if you're interested in learning more or connecting more with some of the themes we've discussed, we invite you to join us in our sisterhood containers. They're like women's circles, but they go so much deeper and it's going to be so amazing to connect with each other. So we invite you to find out more at our Instagram. You can find us at Sacred Soul Healing Co. And if you want to connect more with me and learn more about what I offer, you can find me on Instagram, Katrina Slade Artist Intuitive or katrinaslade.com. And if you're interested in finding out more about me and how we can work together, I empower people to heal their own wounds and rise into their soul's true calling. You can find me at moonpathwellness.com or at wellnesswithjen on Instagram. Thanks for listening.